Welcome to this week's episode of Football Neophytes Podcast. This week, we have Danny Mountain from Leeds joining us to convince Kyle. Man U locks in second while City fails to lock in first. The relegated teams are locked. (laughs) Top four race gets tighter. City and Chelsea book the Champions League final. Manchester United's in in Europa and Arsenal's run of 25 straight years is over. Gentlemen, welcome. Yo, what's good, Nate? Hey guys. Going on. Hello. We have a very special guest, Danny, filling in, jumping on all the way from from Leeds uh, to represent his club, and we are very thankful to have you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me to spread the word about the glorious Mighty Whites, Leeds United. (laughs) So good. It's so nice. We haven't had... um, any English guests this season. And so um, it's great to hear the accent. So we're, we're happy to have you. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, uh, I just hope that uh, you didn't expect me to go, who jolly, jolly good old boy and all, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, more, more of like uh, Jon Snow from, you know, Game of Thrones. I don't want go. it. That sort of accent. So. Yeah, hey, I just, I need to go on the record right now before we really get any further into this, that I'm doing this, uh, podcast under protest. I I don't think this is fair that we brought in an actual U- UK uh, person to do this on Leeds, who everyone knows I'm in love with, anyways. Um, so just for the record, this is being done under protest. Well, just remember, it was wasn't too long ago that you were saying that if I really didn't want him to choose Manchester United, I shouldn't have brought Shay Davies on from across the pond podcast that he was kind of the ringer for Manchester United. So I had to up my, my ante to ensure that Kyle wouldn't choose Manchester United. So, well, I, I, Hey, look, I'm probably actually to ensure that he doesn't choose Manchester United. I might even have Kristen Pulisic on for next (laughs) week's episode for Chelsea. Spoiler like, whatever it takes that he doesn't choose Manchester, uh, I will be I will be doing it. So that's right. That might do the trick. Yeah, not that Leeds needed any more, you know, advantages um, in their corner, but we do got a great guest on. And oh, um, yeah, so Danny, thank you for joining us. Um, my pleasure. A little bit of background that I'm sure you know, but you know, Leeds is one of the final four teams that I'm looking at. Clubs, I should say, that I'm looking at um to to select as my club and so as nate mentioned one of the first questions i usually have asked these guests is how did you choose this club but i don't think that's appropriate for you being that they more chose you or your parents were you know located in leeds uh, i'm assuming but what is your first memory of of really being a, a lead supporter uh uh, my my first well firstly thanks for having me on guys it's, it's yeah. a pleasure to come on um, and well like it's like a, a rite of passage for, for where we live um, there's obviously clubs dotted around up, up the north but my dad passed on 
the Leeds United gene to me and uh, for my sins, the ups and downs, you know, yeah. we've, been, we all, we've all been there. Uh, my only my earliest memory was just watching this, this this group of people in in white just kicking the ball around, and they mm. were really good. And they were really good at it. I mean, this is like nine, like early nineties. You know, I'm thirty two, so I was born in eighty eight. So like mid nineties, when the Premier League just started, really. And you know, you, my my favorite Leeds United player is Mark Viduka, the Duke. Uh, I I loved him that much that. Um, you know, I sort of modelled my own football in, you know, my recreational football uh, on a Saturday after them. But, you know, like in the early 90s, like especially in the early 70s, we, we were known as Dirty Leads. And mm. uh, we had a player called Norman, Norman Bite Your Legs Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of our club legends who sadly passed away recently. Mm. Um, but Norman Bite Your Legs Hunter, what a name to have. <laughs> so it I mean, seems and, really hard to do in, in soccer yeah. or football, and, biting legs. But, but. Because he was well known for his crunching tackles, you know. <laughs> ah, ah. And, you know, if you ask someone over here in England, like, oh, do you, you know, I support Leeds, they'll go, what? You support Leeds? That dirty club? Because we're just renowned. We're mm. renowned for, you know, being a tough, resilient team. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, what, what is it like growing up in a community where, you know, the entire community is really supporting this one club and how does that shape, you know, the way you, you're, you support it and it's any good yeah. stories you want to share about that as well. Well, obviously Leeds United fans are not just uh, based in Leeds. Yeah. I can, I can guarantee you that, Wherever you go in the world, no matter if it's Australia, the south of France, Tatooine in, in this huh. Star Wars galaxy, you'll always <laughs> see a, a Leeds United top. And I, okay. honestly, anyone can back me up on this. I, I went to Afghanistan, I, uh-huh. I ex-forces, I was in the British Army, and I'll, I'm obviously a Leeds fan. I took my Leeds towel. And now what, what Leeds, fan, Leeds United fans have is like a, a salute. So basically... Yeah. You can see, but I don't know if anyone else can see, but you'll beat your chest three times. And that symbolizes leads, leads, leads. Wow, now, okay. if anyone does that to you, that's a show of respect. So leads, leads, leads. You know what I mean? Because you, you, you recognize each other. Like back in the day when knights used to, you know, yep. officers, soldiers, it's the same thing. But like Leeds, Leeds City, it's a one club city. It's a, just short of two million people. And mm. like, like I say, we've got fans in Norway, India, America, Canada, yeah. South America, especially now with Marcel Bielsa at the helm of the Mighty Whites. Right. You know, South Americans, uh, especially in Newell's, you know. And what do, you, what do you see as kind of one of the, the common threads amongst, you know, people who maybe are choosing to support passion. leads that are passion? Passion. You you look at any tweet about if you go for a, a thread on Twitter that you know I'm just trying to make it so it's you know for you to understand and you'll see with every letter there's there's passion behind. I mean my thumbs mm. hurt after tweeting. <laughs> Do you know after a game my thumbs hurt 
But that's because we love the club. We die mm. for the club, you know, and it's it's all about, like I, I said just off air there, like there's a massive, there's, you know, we have rivalries with pretty much nearly every club going, but there's, there's old rivalries that are deep-rooted, such as Leeds, <clears throat> Manchester United, which goes back to the War of the Roses, you know, we were at war for a hundred years, you know, during the Tudor era, and it was a very house house Lancashire against House Yorkshire, uh, Yorkshire one. I might I have to throw that in there, and um, but you know, and you've got like we've got rivalry with Chelsea, which is obviously deep root again, you know, mm. you know, and uh, we've got That's chants about Chelsea. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, you've got a city. You said two million people. Just short, I think. Just short of two Just million short people. Just short of two million people and only one club. Yeah, that's right. That seems remarkable to me. What? Yeah. You know why? Why is that, or why no other club has come up? Well, I think Leeds United was created in 1919 because uh, they used uh, there was a a team just before that couldn't continue, so the the players sort of came together and created Leeds United, and. We, we don't have like a, a local uh, local rival called Huddersfield Town, which we're in the Premier League. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, like, we we love to mit- take the mick out of them. But, <laughs> you know, but they were in the Premier League before us. Uh, sorry. I'll, I'll give a bit of history. You know, so in the early 2000s, you know, uh, we, uh, we were really good. We were in European Champions League. Uh, were flying, had good players, and then some. Some uh, the higher ups got really greedy, and they they overspent, mismanagement, which led to our relegation in like two thousand three, two thousand four, and ever since then we've we've had sixteen years of pain, misery, bad managers, bad players, point deductions, relegations, and you know there's people out there that have always said to us, "We're the sleeping giant." The sleeping giant has awoken. And when Andrea Radrazani like, bought 50% of Leeds United in, I think it was 2017, 2018, there were a glimmer of hope because Massimo Cellino, who was a, the other half owner when Rad bought in, he was that suspicious. He got rid of the number 17 in the stadiums. So it, mm. it wasn't 16, 17, it was 16A, 16B. Now, at one point, mm. there were there were fans chasing the owner in a taxi outside the ground. But this is a this is a this is a Leeds United team where if a player comes to Leeds United, they play their they play their heart out for that shirt. That mm. shirt's he- that shirt's heavy on a player. Do you know what I mean? We demand one hundred and ten percent, and that's if the, if a player gives one hundred and ten percent, we can go home happy. But like I say, you know, we sixteen years of, of hurt, pain, and misery, and yeah. then to finally come back to the to the uh, to the Premier League, oh, it's just euphoria. And honestly, it's good to be back. And I think we've we've made a statement of being back as well. And yeah, you could probably for tell <laughs> for sure. For sure, yeah. I mean, all, first, go, go ahead, Nate. No, you go. Yeah, so I was just going to say, Leeds really caught my eye early on as I was watching this season, not only because they were playing well, but I watched the documentaries that came out with them. on In America, they're on Amazon, 
I'm yeah. not sure, you know, I'm sure they may be on other things in England, but seeing um, the new owner, Red Rosani, um, getting to see him a little bit behind the scenes, seeing a little bit more about, um, you know, their manager, Bilsa, and some of the players really made me enjoy this team a lot more early on. And then obviously they've had a lot of success in the Premier League this year relative to, you know, where they had been previously. What is your outlook on the ownership and the the success that it's brought, you know, even some of the uh, yeah. the 40, 49ers ownership that bought a little bit bigger of a stake, which they're my favorite American football team. Yeah, um, I was, are you optimistic? Was, where do you see this team going? Uh, firstly, I think we should build a statue of Marcelo Bielsa outside the mm-hmm. stadium. I just wow. think he's, uh, I sent a voice note in that voice note. I said he, he was my, he was our Messiah. He's our leader, <laughs> you know, because you, if you can imagine if like we were in such a state when we're in such misery, that 16 managers previous to Marcelo Bielsa had, had wow. tried and failed. You know, some some managers only lasted six weeks. That's how you know. That's how rubbish the ownership was. They're just sacking and hiring, sacking and hiring. And Marcelo Bielsa, like we were, we were constantly like 14th, 15th in the in the championship. You know, I think the highest we had were like seven in that wow. few seasons. So yeah. Marcelo Bielsa came in. And we were like, well, you know, we up, we up, because we've even been from Argentina. We didn't really know much about him. And well, apart from the hardcore fans, you know, and he, he came in and that first game against Stoke, we absolutely battered Stoke and they'd just come down from the Premier League and we hmm. were all in bewilderment and amazement. And it's just like, not, not only did we batter them, we were good to watch. I mean, we were like, Where's, where's this team coming from? Because the team that started that day was the same team that we've had for, apart by one player, where, mm. you know, with the same team that we've had. He's only changed one player. And that season, well, we obviously didn't really end well for us. We got knocked out in the semi-finals of the playoffs. And, but in hindsight, I'm glad we did get knocked out because the following year, we, we went again, we went harder, we went stronger. COVID hit, we took it on the chin and we just ploughed through and we, we'd soldiered on and we took that championship and it's our first bit of silverware since 1992. Like, mm. Before the Premier League came about, we won the very last league mm. the, the, and in 1992, the first division, the old first division. And I just thought, I just thought it was such a good foreshadowing. Do you know? And... Bielsa will forever be uh, a legend in all Leeds United fans' eyes. Wow. Honestly, there'll be there'll be little Marcelo Bielsa's being born, <laughs> or I've been born. Um, but they're all uh, born like, nine months after you guys exactly the championship, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, little Marcelo's are cutting about in Leeds right now. Uh, but uh, like 49ers, I, I'm optimistic with the 49ers. Uh, forgive me if I'm butchering his name. Is it Paragamrith? Um, I know that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, between a 30 and 37 percent uh, stake in Leeds United. I'm all for yep. it. I, I love what I love his his vision. Um, because he, he wants to. He's not. It doesn't seem like the typical American owner. Forgive me for saying that. Um, you know where like the Super Six have. We've been talking just, a lot about that on here. Yeah, like yeah, 
he doesn't seem like he, he seems switched on. He seems smart. He's a business. I get that he's a businessman. Uh, and I love I love what he's saying. You know, like reading in the program notes, Prague knows what he wants, and he knows that this is a this is a club embedded in a city, mm. and it's it has its roots. And these these Leeds United fans don't take stick from anyone, and we let we let them know. In like we we let them know if we don't like it, but we like yeah. Prague. <laughs> Um, you know, well, so I love your optimism. You know, like I said, I think they've played really well this season um, for the first time being back in a while. And I think everyone who's watches Premier League has enjoyed watching them with that style of play as well. What is that path to the next step, the path to get into, you know, Europa or Champions League, the path to win the English Premier League? What is that path forward to become kind of to awaken the giant, if you will, to use your term? Oh, the, the giant's awake. Don't you worry. The giant is awake. But the first step was to keep Bielsa, which we did, and uh, and then following that step, keeping Bielsa by itself is just a massive achievement because he only signs one year contracts at a time, but he's come out and said that he loves the city, he loves where he lives, he loves the club, he loves the fans. And that just reinforces our love for him more. And the second step would be, you know, obviously we signed, you know, Premier League quality players. Mm-hmm. As good as, I mean, you know, like with the like we've got Rafinha, Robin Koch, uh, Rodrigo, um, and we signed Melier from uh, Montpellier from for about five million. So we we only made like Rafinha, Koch, and uh, Rodrigo. Of, probably the, the big marquee signings there and none of them have, have they've only played together a few times in the Premier League so in the Premier League we've played with pretty much the same championship side Luke yeah. Ayling Stuart Dallas Patrick yeah. Bamford uh, Melier played for us in the championship and you've got Liam Cooper who's now a, a captain of a Premier League team uh, Llorente sorry as well who came in um, and these Calvin Phillips you know, every manager that has come to Leeds United has said Calvin Phillips, you know, he's going to make it somewhere. And Bielsa put him in that perspective, uh, defensive midfielder role, which made him into an England international now. Um, but in order to get, we just need to get that more quality player in and mm-hmm. pl- keep keep playing the way we play because we, we're a very unique team. Like uh, the third of the second season syndrome uh, because... First, it was Bielsa burnout. Now it's second season syndrome. So I think people have admitted that we've, we've, I think we've overachieved a little bit in the, this this time round. But I'm glad we have because that sets the bar for us. If we've mm. constantly got that bar, we'll constantly be that good. It's football, mm. you know. End of the day, it's football. We're not robots, and you can't consistently be like that for forty odd games a season. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have hence the you know ups and downs in our Marching On Together song. So yeah, we'll be with be, you forever. It'll be interesting to see with Leeds, I think, because there's some there's some similarities there with Wolves, I think. A, a team mm. gets newly a historic team with a lot of, like, uh, historical kind of might um, yeah. who struggled, had some some hard years, 
comes up, kind of takes the league by storm, finishes in the top half um, with a lot of the same players from the championship, not a ton of newcomers, right? Um, and now we're in year three, third season in the Premier League, and there it's almost like we've hit a plateau. Like we haven't progressed enough. We haven't replaced yeah. enough of the of the championship squad, and it'll be interesting to see like what Leeds does this, this coming transfer window during the summer. Can they, can they take the next leap? Are they going to infuse cash? Are they able to, you know, to buy some players, maybe sell off a couple. So. Yeah. We've, we've been linked with a few players, uh, you know, just paper talk at the minute, but uh, I believe that, um, you know, sources from within, you know, the journalism for Leeds United on the athletic, like Phil Hay and stuff, uh, we follow on Twitter, say, like, uh, they're looking to sign up to five players. So that could be, you know, between one and five players, basically. But <laughs> be, you've got to be a specific type of player to play for Bielsa. And if Bielsa yeah. wants you, then you're a very good player. Well, thank you so much, man. You're, you can tell that you really love your club. And, um, you know, I don't, the view, the listeners might not know, they're not viewers, the listeners might not know that, uh, <laughs> you know, you're doing this at like 4 a.m. your time. So to get up and talk about your club at oh, all hours of the night, man, you must, you must not really love them. Um, like any it. last words, just man, to convince me, get me over that edge, make me, make me pick leads at the end of the day. What would you say? Marching on together, my friend. Welcome to the club. Um, oh, honestly, you honestly, you watch the just the just the history of the rivalries we've got. We'll get you'll get fired up for Leeds. Honestly, Yorkshire Rose. Always pick the Yorkshire Rose, the white one, <laughs> the white Yorkshire Rose. Um, teams hate us. Teams hate us, and we love to be hated. <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, you can hit. I do. do you know I, I mean? do love to be hated. That is one thing that is true. So, all right, man. Thank yeah, there you, you go. So much. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Danny. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate the last minute call up. You're a great, great guest. Not a problem. Anytime. Kyle, that that was a great, great interview. Um, I miss, I miss interviewing our English friends that probably half of my, my interviews from the first season were, were locals who supported their club. And it definitely adds a whole different flavor to, to hearing about a team. Yeah, that was, that was great. It's fantastic. And, you know, we said it during the interview, but Chris was riding high. He thought we brought out the big guns for Man U, but we were just saving him for this week, I think. Yeah, yeah. I got it. That wasn't fair. <laughs> it's still, it's still my my podcast that I created, so I still have a little bit of uh, control over shaping shaping the storyline. I'm super excited for the drunk homeless guy to represent Chelsea next week. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Why don't you guys to welcome uh, our guest to support Chelsea, Uncle Steve from down the street on Thomas and 32nd. I'm actually just getting a girl named Chelsea on and <laughs> have her talk. 
Um, okay. Well, we do have some other stuff to talk about. Um, City loses to Chelsea. Speaking of Chelsea, um, what I mean, I dubbed it the uh, 2022 champion versus the 2021 champion, and uh, 2022 champion came up strong, defeated the the eventual theoretical champions, um, and held them off for another for another day. Yep. And it's fun because United played the next day and throughout the whole course, it was, if United loses, it, it clinches it for city. So I'm glad that United won. Uh, it was a really fun game. It was a classic United game. They got down one, nothing at halftime. Um, 10th time. I don't know what the stats are behind this. This is the 10th time that United has conceded the first goal in a match this year. They are nine Oh and one in those 10 matches where they've conceded the first goal, uh, which is pretty crazy. I don't know, like I said, I don't know historically the stats of what sort of run that is and how that compares. It's gotta be one of the higher or best runs in history from that standpoint. That's just crazy. That sounds like wolves like (laughs) last year and the year before going down, not this year, but the previous years. Um, yeah, that's great. And Man U, I think, um, what was it? Because of West Ham's loss, they secured. Uh, yeah, when, yeah, when Everton beat West Ham, uh, it didn't. It doesn't lock in second, uh, but it oh, locks, locks in, in Champions League. It locks in the Champions League, and and it and it does give them a pretty big boost for second place. There's a gap there, and they play Leicester tomorrow, which could really seal it if they win that match. Um, but yeah, it, it locked in the Champions League. No one can catch them to knock them out. So it was a nice little celebration. The win, 3-1 over Aston Villa. Uh, what Everton beats West Ham, uh, locks in Champions League. And then this morning, I wake up and I start getting messages because Edison Cavani has signed an extension to stay at United for another season when there were all kinds of rumors and all kinds of stuff about him missing home and wanting to go back to the Spanish leagues. Yeah, I'm shocked. I, I mean, everything I'd read and heard was like Cavani was going to be gone after this season. So what a, I was surprised when you texted that I was, I was very surprised to see that. Yeah, there were rumblings. It was going to happen last week. Uh, I was talking to our, our my my good friend now Katie uh, about whether or not you know those rumblings were out in the UK as well and what they were hearing and all, all signs were kind of pointing to he's actually really enjoyed the team and it's been a really good thing. Um, the one who kind of came out, which is funny because the guy who kind of came out and said he's ready to come home was his dad. And so you're like, well, this guy has to have firsthand knowledge on him wanting out, right? Like, if anyone's going to know, it's going to be Papa. But, uh, yeah, and he's been on just an incredible run. You know, I said it early in the season, I wanted him to play a whole lot more than Marshall. Um, And, you know, Nate, you talked about how he's 34 and you can't run him out there every game. And, um, I, you know, that probably still is the case. You can't run him out there for every match and play him for 90 minutes. But my gosh, is he just a heck of a player? So, you know, he's like a true number nine, which United hasn't had in a long time. And 
is just not that common around the league anymore. Like you just don't see those guys playing for squads like that. And, you know, I know he's 34. You got to figure with just the seasons he's put under his belt. He just plays the game differently than a lot of guys. He understands the runs. He knows how to get in and out. Um, He's just got beautiful header after beautiful header this season. Uh, He's just been a joy to watch. I'm so glad he's staying. Um, And, you know, with, Martial's injury since uh, the the break, you know, Cavani's been the main guy there and he's earned the minutes. That is 100% for sure. And so, um, you know, they've got Leicester tomorrow and then they've got Liverpool on Thursday. So, uh, which is the reschedule from the riots. I will be honest, I'm not expecting much from tomorrow's match uh, with Champion, Champions League being clinched, playing two days ago. Um, I think we're going to see probably a lesser squad get rolled out there uh, tomorrow. I expect the full squad to be there Thursday because uh, they're not going to bench the guys for Liverpool. It's too big of a match. Yeah. And that I think goes straight into kind of this. I, I wanted to talk about top four last week. We just kind of, I think willy nilly threw out our <laughs> top four guesses, but having looked a bit more at, at some of the, the schedules that are, that are out, and kind of trying to project with the remaining matches. I think Leicester has a much tougher go, go at it than, than some of these other teams for, for top four, but the great advantage they have is that they're facing Manchester United on a couple's days rest when they have another match against Liverpool, where presumably you would think they'll roll out a lesser squad tomorrow and a stronger squad against Liverpool, which for Leicester, both of those are beneficial to them, right? Because Liverpool is one of the has, I think, um, other than Manchester United and Chelsea, I think Liverpool's last five matches is, there is the best form, other than those two clubs. So even better than City, who have lost two in their last five. So so Liverpool's trying to come up and crack that top four, and the way the Manchester United schedule plays out for Liverpool actually doesn't help them very much. Yeah. And I think the, the only thing that I think that you could look at that could possibly make it interesting to see who Ole runs out there tomorrow is that United's now got two matches before city's next match. And if they win both those matches, they're actually within four points of catching city, which again is it's not going to happen. City's City's going to win the title, but it's a whole lot more interesting going into the last 10 games of a season with four point differential. Um, and especially if city were to lose again on Friday, I mean, you, you've got to at least start to just go like, Hey, I mean, there's a little bit, but I think Ole knows where this squad's at. I think he's got a really good read on them. I think he knows the math says don't overexert yourself. Champions league is locked in. Nothing, you know, unless some crazy FA ban happens, which doesn't sound like it will because all these English clubs are now in agreement with UEFA on a quote-unquote punishment for them going and trying to do the Super League. So all signs point to they're locked in a Champions League. Uh, why go out there and risk injuries? You've got the Europa final in, in 10 days or so. Um, you know, play the season out. Don't be stupid. Try and get the hardware and be happy with where you finish in the top four. Yep. 
Yeah. And top four, um, had some shakeup, at least tightened a bit this weekend, uh, with Leicester, West Ham and Tottenham all losing, uh, which I think that's generous to Tottenham to consider them in the top four race, but I guess the <laughs> yeah. Euro- Europa race and then Liverpool, Chelsea and Everton winning, um, it's, it's going to be a fun, fun little race. Obviously Manchester United and Chelsea have the upper hand, but, um, like I just previously you mean, mentioned, you mean Chelsea and Leicester? Uh, yeah, I guess Manchester United's already locked in Chelsea and Leicester, um, have the upper hand, but again, like we mentioned, Leicester has a tough final few matches plus the FA cups thrown in there. Um, and no, Leicester doesn't. Does that Leicester has FA Cup? Yeah, they they yeah. have the final against uh, City. Yeah. So Leicester's got a tough tough road ahead of them. Yeah, and and that's it's it's that's an interesting match to me because how do you play it if you're Leicester? What what matters more? Do you want to win the Carabao Cup or do you want to finish top four in the Premier League? I would assume FA, it's FA Cup, not Carabao. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I would love to know, like, I'd love to, I need to find a Lester podcast to hear what, what fans are saying, because I think that is a, a legitimate, a legitimate debate because one's a, a silverware, right? Like FA cup and it guarantees you Europa, but yeah. man, champions league, it's hard. I mean, to finish top four, I would assume as an idiot and a neophyte that they would rather be top four than get a trophy um, unless Lester is going to mail that trophy out to every fan, I guess. And they get to spend a day with it. Um, I would assume they'd rather be top four, <laughs> get into the champions league and just see how they can do in that tournament. But I, I legitimately have no idea. Well, isn't it, is it about the money as well? I mean, would they would get more money through the champions league, which if you have a long-term outlook, maybe that would be, the better option. Although I think, I mean, without, I think as outsiders, we don't, we don't feel the weight of FA cup as much as, as fans do who have grown up. With yeah. It. I'm really curious, like what, how that is viewed. Cause I agree with you. I, but I think I have no reference for it. If you strip it all away, I think you got to go top four and within the context of last year where Lester like collapsed i think for them not to follow or to not finish top four this year would be super disappointing for them so i think i've convinced myself and you guys have convinced me that that top four is more important to lester than than an fa cup title so who is the who is you guys prediction for the odd team out here today or last week <laughs> <laughs> Because last week, like Nate said, we threw out some willy-nilly. Uh, no. Again, I'll give, you, I'll give you a chance to update it. Okay, hey, I'm going with, uh, I think our, the top four we see right now will finish in the top four. I'm sticking with City, United, Chelsea, and Leicester. Well, I'm talking, uh, what about keep no, going? He, who, who gets left out of Europe? Oh, who gets left oh, out of Europe? Okay, that's a whole lot tougher. Um, I think Liverpool finishes fifth. And then I'm going West Ham in sixth. Okay. Nate? 
Yeah, I think um, without again looking at all their their schedules, I just for some reason I think Liverpool is going to actually get into that fourth spot for Champions League. I think Leicester is going to fade out. I think that Leicester finishes fifth, let Liverpool hops into fourth, and I think I think West Ham and Leicester are your five six in some probably in that order. Leicester five, West Ham six, Tottenham. I just don't see Tottenham making it. Nah. Everton, I don't know, man. Everton is going to make it interesting. Once they get that game, once they fill in that game, it's going to be a whole – Yeah. It's going to be a whole interesting race there. So, Yeah, and, and that – hey, this is the fun part of the season, right? Like the races for relegation are over. The race for the, the title is over. And so now we've got a really fun race to see – how three through eight finish out. Yeah. I, I feel, I, I feel so bad for West Ham because I don't think they've got the legs to finish this and they've had such a fun season, a magical season that loss this weekend to Everton is going to haunt them for forever because. But here's West Ham is the, is the literally has the exact opposite schedule of Leicester. <laughs> West Ham faces Brighton on Saturday West Brom on Wednesday and Southampton on the final match week. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, nine points, seven points is probably realistic. That puts them at 65. Seven points, 65. That's, that's still tough. I mean, that means Lester only draws two of their matches or, that means they lose two and draw one. But again, that's not with less. That's not out of the realm of possibility with Leicester's remaining schedule, Manchester United, Chelsea, and Tottenham. Well, Tottenham. But, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for West Ham not being able to get in there is that Liverpool is only a point behind them right now with a game in hand. Yeah, that's and right. That, that's a bigger issue for them. Um that, I'm telling you, man, that Everton loss this weekend is just – You're right. It's You're brutal. Right. It's because brutal. after Liverpool plays Manchester United, even if they lose that match, Liverpool has West Brom, Burnley, Crystal Palace. So mm-hmm. it's well, – And what is – what's the culture with this once teams have started to clinch, whether it's clinching, uh, going to the Champions League, going to Europe, you know, Europa go into or getting can I, regulated. Can we answer that tomorrow when I see Ole's lineup? <laughs> well, I think you can look at like these middle clear. So there is there is or, right. a different financial buyout or like financial payout for teams based on your positioning. So you do get okay. a couple million more. I guess I don't know exactly what the sure. payout is, okay. different like places you get paid out a, a little bit more. But you look at like Wolves are a great example. There's like such a slim chance they're going to finish anywhere but 12th. They're they're three points behind Villa and Villa has a game in hand and they're four points ahead of Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace has a game in hand, but it's just really like unless Wolves win out, you know, or lose out, like they're probably not going to finish anywhere other than 12th. So what we're seeing with with Nuno is he's experimenting, which praise God, finally, (laughs) 
I think he started five guys under 21 or 21 and under in this last match. Um, and he's trying some guys in different positions and he's just experimenting. So I think you see, see more experimentation for teams that are kind of locked into a certain position. Um, and I, I think depending on their match load and if, uh, at the top, I think you have guys who have to make decisions like Ole, right. Where they've got other matches that really matter ahead of them. Um, and they'll make decisions based on that. So, um, you know what's going to be fun is the the final match of the season for us, Nate. Our 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 own little derby. Um, it's actually so it's it's at Molino. Molino, yeah. And they will the wolves. Wolves will have the last shot to be the only team to beat United on the road this season. And it'll be in front of fans. Yeah. So, so that's fun. You, I think United is at 25 in a row unbeaten on the road in the Premier League. Uh, two away from Arsenal's all-time record of 27. So uh, they, have two, they have two away matches left? No, Wolves is it. So they can't, they can't clinch it. Oh. They wouldn't happen this season. They would have to wait until next season. Well, it's going to be amazing. I mean, the atmospheres in these stadiums, oh. even at 20% capacity or whatever they're at is going to be, it's going to be electric, you know, yeah. only a handful of clubs got fans during those, that one or two match weeks. So yeah. one of them. So this will be the first time, um, that, that they have that. I did see something. Cause I do want to talk about, um, the relegated teams. So Fulham got officially relegated today by Burnley their two nil loss and <laughs> bye-bye baggies. Bye-bye baggies. You took your four points off of us. I hope you enjoyed it, but you're going back down. And uh, a couple two interesting facts. Um, West Brom is now tied for the First, like they're now tied for first for most times relegated from the Premier League at five. <laughs> so they, I think they tied Norwich City, who Norwich will now have their chance to break the record next season. But um, which I will say though is its own type of accomplishment. It is, especially based on what what Danny was saying about like the championship and how hard it is to break out of the championship and what a slog it is. So yeah. It's like, I don't know. It, it's kind of like always being a bridesmaid, never being a bride. Like you're always at the yeah. wedding. Like, oh, that's cool. Well, like, it, it's, it's also, I mean, the American sports analogy is like being a pitcher who loses 20 games. Like you have to be a certain level of pitcher to even be able to be put on the mound that many times to lose 20 games. That's right. And so they have to be a certain level of, of club to be in the premier league that many times to get regulated that many times. That's right. Relegated that many times or re <laughs> regulate to or regulate know, dog and Warren G here to regulate. It's gotta be so frustrating though, to be the club that goes up and goes down and goes up and goes down. Like totally. we're so good, but we're just not <laughs> quite good enough. Not quite that good. Yeah. They call them yo-yo clubs. Yeah. The other thing I saw and I, I wasn't able to con I didn't, I don't know if Fulham had fans in one of their matches, but 
or if Sheffield United had fans in one of those matches earlier in the season when they opened up. But I did see someone say, congrats to West Brom on being in the Premier League and not having one fan in your stadium to see it. <laughs> so sad. So, uh, so sad, but I'm glad I can poke fun at them a little bit. Um, Champions League final is set. It's a rematch of this weekend, City Chelsea match, and Europa is set as well. Manchester United wins handily, and Arsenal doesn't. They lose out to Unai Emery, their former managers, via Real squad. And it ends a run of, I think, 25 straight years in European competition, barring, I guess, some miracle that Arsenal jumps to seventh somehow. But um, it's pretty much assured that they won't. So 25 straight years in European competition. And Arsenal will not be in it next year. That's crazy. That's one hell of a run. It is. And I think I think it's good for the Premier League. Like, that's why I want Leicester or West Ham or Everton, you know, in a Champions League spot, in, in a Europa spot. And, and seeing Arsenal, Tottenham, and an outside chance that Liverpool doesn't make uh, a European competition, how does that level the playing field a little bit, potentially, you know, that some, some of these other clubs get, get some of that money? <laughs> You think Arteta returns at Arsenal? I, f- I found it really interesting that there's been little to no blame that I could see on Arteta for this squad season. And it's like someone someone had pointed out, like, if this happened at United, you know how quickly Ole would have been fired? I mean, he's already being blamed for them finishing second. Like, it's a negative, you know? Like, uh, it's so weird that I've seen nothing on the fact that Arteta doesn't get this squad to perform every week, but there's, like, no heat on him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That is odd. I do think they're going to give him time. I've heard that there's, there's trust in him and the squad. They do have a, a semi-young squad. And, but, but we'll see. No, I agree. I mean, I think, I think it shows a bit how far Arsenal's fallen as well, that there's not even expectation for champions league, right? Like you can be that far out of even the Europa league spot. And well, and that's like, I I guess it kind of goes back to us not having a huge history with this, but like when the super league stuff happened and some of my favorite stuff was like, people ripping Spurs and being like, you know, the five powerhouse clubs and Spurs all (laughs) talking about going to the Super League. And I was like, I'd rather be Spurs than Arsenal. But again, my history is not deep here. And if I'm just going off the last couple of years, I don't know. And I just don't think Arsenal is it. That's, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal, I'm looking back at the, the tables, Arsenal, the last time they finished in a top four position was 15, 16. They finished second. That was the year Lester won it. Um, other than that, it's been fives, eight, seven, eight, nine, I think. So, wow. so that's, that's rough. Yeah. Uh, we did have a couple of red cards. <laughs> I wanted to touch on specifically uh, Wolves 
Wolves were in a mess. They were down one nil. Um, there was, they started off the first half strong. They started off the second half really strong through ball into Fabio Silva. He has a breakaway towards goal. Lewis dunk who scored the goal in the 13th minute for Brighton grabs him by the shoulder, pulls him down. And in, I was like, Oh, that's a red card. <laughs> like instantly it's like, there's no doubt. No one between Fabio Silva and the goal. Um, probably the right decision, but um, wait, 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 when you say right decision, do you mean by him to do that or the red card was the right decision by the, the ref? I think both. I do think like when you're, there's a breakaway, it's like, I, you think like at the time it's probably going to be a goal. So do you just go with the red card? You're up one nil and hope you can hold them off. But I don't know. It, it wasn't the right decision because Wolves ended up scoring Adame Traore. Actually, both goals that were scored for Wolves are a reason you don't go down easily. Like both guys got hit pretty hard and stayed on their feet. So Adame never goes down easy. Like if he it's goes down, sick. if he, if, if Adame goes down, it's because he like he got hit hard, right? <laughs> and he's in the box and just kind of getting b- bounced around. He passes it over, um, kind of one two give and go back to Adame, and he just puts it in the puts it in the net, but puts it in the back of the net. And then, and the reason I want to talk a little bit more about Wolves is uh, we have this guy Morgan Gibbs White. He's the one who scored the winner. I don't know all the history, but he's, he's from Wolverhampton, local lad, um, tons of hype around him, but never has fulfilled his potential. There's been some like stuff that like Nuno doesn't put him in the right position. So he's always playing out of position. So how can we ever know his true potential if he's never playing and he's a nine. So you were talking about Cavani earlier. So tonight he played or on, on Sunday morning, he plays as a nine and plays a really great match. Like I was really impressed. I was like, I don't know what everyone doesn't like about this guy. He's playing well. And then Adame makes this great play, um, steals the ball and has kind of a breakaway, but he's down the, the left side and the keeper comes out to kind of block, to block a shot. So Adame crosses it over to a streaking Gibbs white with basically an open net. There's like one defender in front of the net and he just skies it over the net and over the crossbar. And it's like, Oh, his career is done. Like his career at wolves is done. There's no coming back from this out of all the crap he's gotten over the years. Like he can't not score a game winner with an empty Mm. net. And then, but sure enough, like 90th minute, he gets the ball in the box. He gets kind of hit hard, almost loses the ball, and then just puts a strike in the back of the net for this like beautiful redemption story. Like hero, local kid, who knows still what'll happen with him. But this is what I've been wanting Nuno to do is put these young guys in, let us see what they can do, earn their earn their spot, couple loanies that we really want to keep or want to see if we should sign them longer term and that's what's happening. So good yeah. two one. And there are bogey squad. We've never, that's the first time wolves have beat Brighton in the top tier in the premier league. So oh. I had never heard of him before. And so I actually did a little research on him and I don't know if you know this, Nate, but he is actually a descendant of Barry Gibbs and Barry white. The Barry Gibbs talk show. It is talking it up. 
Nice, nice. Um, we also have our semifinals set for the championship. Um, leg one is a week from today. Bournemouth plays Brentford and Barnsley plays Swansea City. So that will be exciting to see who's going to get that third promotion spot. Um, and then they'll play the second leg the following Saturday. And then the winners of those will play in the championship in at Wembley for the right to move up to the premier league. Hey, Nate, for our listeners, uh, cause obviously I know the answer to this. Um, the champions league final between city and Chelsea, is that a, a two match tie as they say, or is it a single game competition? It's a single game competition. Um, that's why they played it in neutral site. So the re- the whole rest of champions league are two legs and they'll play one home and home series. Um, but the championship final is just one match at a neutral site, which there's a bit of controversy. Yeah, moved, right? Well, they want to move it because um, it's supposed to be in Turkey, right? Yeah. And, so but Turkey's a red, a red zone for flying for the UK. Yes. And so they, they don't want, so they're trying to get it moved actually to England, maybe to Wembley, because it's like, we've got two English teams there, which is also kind of a money move. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, what happens there with, with the champions league final, which even moving it to London, I suppose is not totally fair considering Chelsea's a a London club. So, um, so I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. Maybe they'll move it to Italy or Spain or Portugal somewhere. Well, let's take a look at our lock it in review. Um, I picked Liverpool over over Southampton, which happened. Uh, That moves me to 22 and 14. Chris took United over Villa, which also happened, which moves, keeps him a half game back of me at 21 and 14. Kyle, unfortunately, took Leicester over Newcastle and fell to 18 and 18. Back to 500. Kyle, who do you have for this upcoming week? Boys, I'm grasping at straws at this point. Just trying to keep my head above 500. So, in the beginning of the week, I'm going with Chelsea over Arsenal. My logic here is not going to make any sense because I'm banking on Arsenal, just kind of throwing in the towel and saying, screw it, and Chelsea taking the win. And then... Even though Fulham got relegated and should be saying, screw it, I'm taking them because why not? There's nothing I like more than scoring zero goals in the last two matches. And so I'm taking them over Southampton. And I I just figured before the year's done, I had to take my boys at Fulham. And there's no better week to do it (laughs) than right after they got sent down. Love it. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm also taking Chelsea over Arsenal in the early week. Um, uh, they're just two clubs going in different directions in my book. Yeah. Uh, and then in the weekend, uh, I'm going Danny. Shout out to Danny. Uh, I'm taking Leeds over Burnley. I like it. Solid choice. 
I am, I'm counting on Ole to roll out a weaker squad tomorrow to save up for uh, the big match against Liverpool. So I am taking Leicester over Manchester United, kind of taking the side that Leicester really needs to win. So, um, and then I am going to take West Ham over Brighton in the weekend. Um, West Ham needs the win. And so I think they'll, they'll step up. We have a lot of matches. We have this interesting midweek makeup matches, even though not all the matches are still going to be made up after this midweek, but many of them will. Um, And then we have the weekend full weekend. So uh, matches to watch, of course, Manchester United, Liverpool playing their match finally after the postponement and then the weekend matches are not really that intriguing. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of top teams versus bottom dwellers or two middling teams. And so I am taking two of the middlingest teams and I'm going to say that the best week match over the weekend is going to be Tottenham wolves. Um, but no other reason other than I just don't think there's an, another match. That's, <laughs> that's the match you want to watch. Well, that's the match I'll be watching. The only other interesting match would be uh, City versus Newcastle. Uh, and that is purely dependent on if United wins these next two matches over the next three days, uh, because it could be a game clinching or a season clinching victory for City. Uh, but if United drops either of the two matches this week against Leicester or Liverpool before that match is played, then that match becomes meaningless as city will have already clinched the title. So uh, yeah, not a whole lot this weekend. Not a whole lot, but gentlemen, we don't have much Kyle. You do not have much left to watch. We have, I mean, it is, we have this, we have this midweek. We have the upcoming weekend where next week we'll feature Chelsea. And then it's another midweek set of fixtures followed by the final Sunday. And so we only have two episodes left of the podcast. We'll feature Chelsea next week. And then uh, the big decision on Sunday, May 23rd, the big decision we are. The flights are booked, the bags are packed, and we're going to be doing a live episode um, to to determine the team, which I'm already trying to figure out, you know, do I wear the jersey under my jacket, although it's summer in Arizona, so it's like 99 degrees, do I, do I have different hats on the table? Right, you can bring back Chris's hat is back, right? And get one of those kid hats and just lay them out. I don't know what I'm gonna do to, to make the big reveal, but it's gonna be epic. Yeah, I wish it. Yeah, not not I, that I want not that I want you tipping who, who you're going with, but if you're picking United, the hat needs to happen. That's the way that this true. goes down. That's true. Well, no, if you if, bust out the hat, we'll know that's what you're going with. If it's United, it will be a hat. That that we can guarantee that. Yes. I guess we, I guess we, in some ways, we need to have uh, one, two, three, four. We'll have to have all four. We'll have to get four screens up watching 
We'll have Man- Manchester United Wolves on the main screen. We'll have maybe three, maybe we'll all bring our computers and we'll have three computers set up. So we'll have uh, Leeds, West Brom on one. We'll have City Everton on another and then Chelsea Villa on another. So you can have all four yeah. of your teams, all four of your, the clubs. It's on, close. On. It could come down to that, that those final matches, you know? Um, it could be leaning one way. And if Captain America goes off for a hat trick, who knows? Ooh, everything's, on, everything's on the table. Love it. Well, in two weeks, you will be, you'll be a fan of a club in a whole summer to just learn more about them. How about that? How about that? With that, gentlemen, there's there's only one thing left to say. Lasers Wait. out.